Welcome back to the Life Endurance Podcast. My name is Austin Shadel, and today I'm excited to bring to you another guest episode. I sat down and spoke with my friend Brittany Logan, who is very active in the local running community and also works for a company that hosts trail races. So today I got to dig in and learn a bit more about what it takes to host a big trail race, what it's like to be a mother and a trail runner, and as always, what does running mean to us as people, how we've grown through it, how it's helped us through challenges, and what we think could benefit other people out of it. Lots of great talking points to come, so let's jump right in. Joining me today is Brittany Logan. She is a mother, realtor, and works for Aravipa Runs and Rides Race Company. And also joining us today is Louis Lang. I'm going to call him my honorary co-host for today. Appreciate you guys uh, being able to come on here. So, Brittany, uh, you're also an ultra runner. What initially got you into running? Um, So I come from a family of runners. My parents are runners, my grandparents, and many other members of my family, they all—they are all road runners. I'm the first trail runner in my family. Okay. When I was 15, I ran my first race. And a couple weeks before the race, my, you know, little high school boyfriend broke up with me. And my mom said, you're going to run this half marathon. You need to get over how you're feeling and stop being so emotional basically and got to the start line and she said you have 13 miles to let it go so run Hmm. and either cry get angry get happy whatever but when you're done you are you're never going to think about it again and that's Mm kind of that mentality and the lesson of that is what really spiked my running and i've been running ever since wow yeah i if I ever have kids one day, that's probably gonna might be be my solution. If they're like being sad about something, I'm like, we're gonna, all right, we're gonna go for a run. Yeah, it was the best lesson my mom's ever taught me, and it carries mm-hmm. on with me. And you can actually, um, kind of, you know, relate that to a lot of other things in your life. Whether mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a boyfriend, you know, it could be a job, or if you're stressed out, or if you're, if as for me as a mom, if my son's having a bad day, and I just need a minute before I go try to help him through it let me just go through a run and like process that Mm -hmm. yeah for sure uh so what did you grow up out here in colorado or when did you get into the trail side i got in i did not grow up here um i've been here for eight and a half years i started running trails in 2018 I signed up for my first race, um, which would have been Pikes Peak Ultra 50 Mile, the one that you're wearing. Yes, your shirt. (laughs) Um, And I got hurt because I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was overtraining. I was under eating. I just did everything Mm. that you're not supposed to do. So I did not start that race. I was pretty injured, but I ran my first Ultra, the Grand Traverse, in September of 2018. Okay. So what was your longest race before those? Grand Traverse is like 40-ish miles, I believe. It's about 37 Yeah. My longest race was a marathon okay. on a road. So mm-hmm. not even... De- definitely a different ball game for completely sure. Completely different. You're talking, you know, just in the mountains, like way out there. Like I'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. So from there, um, I signed up for Behind the Rocks in March of 2019, but I fractured my ankle 
Oh, a month before. Real rough, just a rough start for I'm you. I'm telling you, it was rough. Um, but I went anyways, and I volunteered, and I met Col- Courtney De- DeWalters that day. Oh, okay. And she was really encouraging to me. I could barely, like, crutch around. Like, I was awful. I mean, because I'd been out there all day. I was tired. And that race sparked me wanting to be in the ultra scene on the other side of it. Like doing aid stations and cheering, marking course, sweeping. Like that's really how I got involved with Mad Moose originally. And then that just spiked my interest and wanting to be all the way involved from the beginning to the end of a race. Okay. Yeah, so I guess we could dive right in. That's one of the things I've been most curious about is just, yeah, what all goes into prepping and trail ultra marathon because i mean that's you're not just going through city streets that are naturally you know kind of clear and ready for people you're got to go out into the mountains likely and how you like mark the course uh i'm always curious if there's like certain permits what kind of governing bodies you got to go through so yeah what what are kind of the stages of getting one of these big races set up it's a lot more involved than people think um, you do have to get a permit for everything. Mm-hmm. Those per- typically the permits are for two years and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And like ring the Springs, we have to have a permit for every open space. Oh yeah. I'm not familiar with that course, but that really covers. You're going, you're all lot, right? around Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. you know, so you have where you're in Palmer and then you're in Bear Creek and then you're on Rosa and you're in mm-hmm. Ute Valley. So it's multiple permits. Um, Like I said, they're expensive. It's hard to get them Mm -hmm. um, approved, especially for certain times of the year because we have to be considerate, of course, of nature, right? So Mm. we can't just have 200 bodies trampling over the trails or through the city if we have animals Mm -hmm. mate you know, they're mating or they have, maybe they just did and they have babies and like, we have to be really protective of them because I'm pretty uh, sure at the start line of the Pikes Peak Ultra, they announced that somebody saw like a mother bear and a cub somewhere on the trail within like a few hours before the race. So yeah, it's definitely a real thing. I did Pikes Peak, the 30K and there was a bear on high drive, like while we were going up. Hmm. So it was just... They're out there. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's their land. So um, that's what that's the first thing you have to know. Can you get the permits? And then from there, you really make that course because you can't get a permit. Okay. Then you're you can't use that part, you know, that section of your course. So you're going to have to reroute. Mm-hmm. So you need all the permits. Then you need to decide really like how many different um, distances you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And then that will, that will determine, is it a one day race or a two day race? Mm-hmm. Once you determine that, then it's how many aid stations do we need? What kind of food do we need? Mm-hmm. In the winter, I will be prepping soup or some type of like hot food, like a broth. We at Javelina, they do spaghetti, um, because it's cold at night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the summertime here, we're not going to have that stuff. So I need to know not only how many aid stations stations am I going to have, but at what point are they going to be open so that the food is what the runners need at that time, Mm -hmm. what they need at 
9 a.m. is not what they need, you know, at 11 p.m. at night. Mm -hmm. Then we will determine how many volunteers we need, the staff, all of our supplies, um, all of our pop-up tents, our chairs, our tables, our water. I mean, it, it takes a lot of logistic, a lot of logistics planning a race. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, here's a really cool idea. Let's go into a can into the canyon. We're going to put on an ultra. It It's not like that. Yeah. It's, it, it's a lot of money. <laughs> going through races, especially because, I mean, aid stations are due to the nature of the beast up in the mountains. So you have to have vehicles that can get there, roads for those vehicles. Got to coordinate that. I'm sure that's, yeah, quite the logistical factor. It, it takes a lot. By the time it actually goes up on ultra sign up, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the public's like, oh, wow, this is an amazing race and I'm paying $125 for it. I hope it's great. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we've been planning that for a year, nine months, you know, yeah. just really, really working on that. And then the few weeks leading up to the race, we're printing all the bibs and we're getting all the swag ready, planning the expo. And so mm -hmm. um, after the race, we're not done. I mean, we have to clean up. True. I am the dishwasher. I wash all the dishes, um, put the food away. We give away the food, um, like the perishable food. We give that to homeless shelters so that it's not wasted. Mm -hmm. And then the non-perishable food I typically can use for another race that's going to be like in two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. And I, I no, when you're signing, when you're a runner and you're signing up for races, those race entries can definitely stack up and they can feel like a lot. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of people don't realize how much effort goes into it, and especially like ultras or uh, big triathlons like Ironmans. I mean, Ironman, you could the brand name you could say is a little pricey. I don't know if that's like 800 bucks for a race entry, but even on an Ironman, you have to have over a mile of swimming coursed out all that managed over 100 miles of biking that you got to manage and then a marathon on top of that so yeah it's always impresses me when uh you do a big event and if it all goes well yeah mm -hmm. kudos to the the race entities hosting that any any like wild stories from hosting races any crazy like evac runners or something like that oh man I'm sure I could. I what about know. like some like big comeback stories in the races that you've or been that. like watching a race and as the director, you know where your athletes are a lot of the times and oh no, we kind of been concerned or like someone was leading and fell back but had a big rally. Were there any oh. of those kind of big moments you got to be a part of as like the race director? Well, a I don't think the runner would think that this was funny, but I just <laughs> um, couldn't believe that this happened. But last year at Rain the Springs, the Hunter Mile, um, the runner that was in first, and he was in the lead by a couple of hours. I mean, I think like two, two and a half hours. Um, he ended up at Smash Burger on hmm. North Nevada, like, you know, by UCCS, like the college. Yeah, yeah. So by okay. Pulpit Rock. It's kind of by the yeah, running yeah. server. Mm -hmm. Yep. But he ended up at Smashburger. He doesn't believe in having a cell phone or a smartwatch. So oh. he didn't have anything on him. He didn't know his... For a hundred miler. That's... For a hundred miler. That's right. He did not um, know his crew chief's phone number. 
So he had to call his parents using the Smashburgers phone. You know, he just he didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. He's just like, I need to use your phone. Um, he called his parents in New Mexico, and then they called his brother, and then his brother called the crew chief mm -hmm. and told him where he was. And he went and he got him, and then the crew chief called us and said, hey, he's not leaving. You need to come get him and get him back to the course. <laughs> so one of the staff members went to Smashburger and was like, all right, come on, let's, we're going to go run. You're two and a half miles off course. And when he got there, we, I mean, we're like, mm -hmm. maybe next time you should have a smartwatch or maybe, a, maybe a flip phone or something. Yeah. So then it turned out that he had a flip phone. However, he needed to pay, put money on his phone <laughs> to have minutes. So he's Man, at the aid station. Very minimalist by very, today's standards. And he's trying to pay. And then I think he had to borrow some money to do it. It was like a whole thing. And he ended up coming in second. Wow, Which I'm is still great. holding. Yeah, mm -hmm. that wow. Was that the first year of Ring the Springs? Mm -mm. Okay, that was last year. Um, hmm. So, it, it, I mean, it just was one of those things where in 2023, being this mm -hmm. last summer, you just don't hear about that. You don't, and it also is a requirement that you, all the runners sign that they have the app with the course on it the map oh okay and so th then we found out okay wait some of you actually aren't doing this and so next or this year we are going to be checking and if oh, you don't wow. have the map downloaded you're not you're not starting because it's a hazard and you're putting yourself at risk along with everybody else so mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's wild I remember I was volunteering and I also paced someone for the first year Ring the Springs was happening. Uh, my runner DNF'd, but that led me to be able to volunteer earlier. And there was a gentleman that year as well who he had no headlight, a cutoff cotton t-shirt, basketball shorts, and a flip phone with him and a hand bottle. And he was trugging along through Palmer Park at night with this flip phone open, using like, that to gosh. navigate. And I just was, uh, yes, um, to a point where when my runner didn't, you know, DNF at the next um, aid station, me and another friend ran the course backwards just to make sure he kind of made it to that aid station because it was that, you know, 11 p.m. to like right near the cutoff time frame. And it, you know, getting chilly, but so that happens, I guess. There is a guy that DNF'd last year and I was called to go pick him up mm -hmm. at the top of a uh, gold camp and I picked him up and, I, you know, are you okay? And we're talking and everything. And he said, Hey, um, do you know uh, someone that could help me start my truck? And I said, what, where's the truck? And it was parked at garden, the gods. But when he got out of it that morning to go to the race, it broke down. So he had to walk like an extra mile to the start line. And for me, I would have had so much anxiety. I would have been like, that's it. I'm, right. not, I'm not doing this. Like th that's a sign the universe doesn't want me to run today. But mm -hmm. he just was like, yeah, it's broken. And I'm not from here. I live in Oregon. And I was like, bro, you're stressing me out. <laughs> like, I mean, he came geez. all this way for a race. The car's it's still going to be broke yeah. when you finish, right? That's true. I've seen uh, a lot of people um, run their first ultras. That's always really exciting to be a part of. I've mm -hmm. seen people just really, really deep in the pain cave and they keep going. Mm -hmm. 
every finish, if I if I know their story, I'm gonna end up crying. Yeah, like oh. every single race, it doesn't matter. Someone gets me, and then I'm crying. Um, it's just because we all know what it feels like to want to mm -hmm. quit and then keep going. Especially if I know that you know the weather that day was terrible, or they were in a blizzard, mm -hmm. or they were in a hailstorm, and they just kept going, going like it's that keeps you wanting to work in this type of mm -hmm. field is being a that's what it really is like being a part of someone else's uh success yeah yeah when i did my iron man my dad used to be in triathlons and he said the the thing to do when you finish is to stick around that finish line all the way until the cutoff and yeah i'm glad i did i don't even know how how late we were up but i was sitting there like my legs are fully cramped but it's just so much fun to watch those people that are just barely you know they're sprinting to the finish to try to hit that cutoff and the crowd cheering and yeah it's it's a lot of fun if anybody does like a sort of race that's that long i definitely recommend sticking around to the end and just yeah seeing those people grinding it out to the finish same thing for me i'll even just be watching an instagram reel and just like you know, be tearing up a little when it's that, you know, comeback story during a race or if some, it's their first one and yeah, just stuff like that. That, that'll get to me. Javelina, cause you know, the, the hundred mile, they have 24 hours or no, they have a little bit longer than 24 hours, mm -hmm. but it's like the, the next morning knowing that they've been up all night long and then they're coming in, mm -hmm. you know, around noon you just boohoo the whole time. Everybody out there is just crying. And they're barely moving. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're just giving it everything that they have. And they're crying. You're crying. The race director's crying. It's just a... I mean, but it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. human nature to want to feel empathy for something like that. So... Yeah. And that's something I love about doing endurance sports, running triathlons. It's like... It's an individual sport, but at the same time, most of the time, everybody's on your team mm -hmm. in like some capacity. Mm -hmm. I've been with both of my legs completely cramped up, sitting in a ditch during a half Ironman, and everybody that goes by, oh, are you okay? Okay. Oh, you need a salt tablet? You know, you're, it's you're you're pretty well like you you got some support just naturally when you do these kind of events, and yeah, it feels good. Feels good. I think if you lose your hope in humanity, you should do a race. Because mm -hmm. you're never going to meet people that are more vulnerable and nicer and, mm -hmm. you know, that are going to push you than during a race. And yeah. then you're going to be met with empathy or maybe some tough love like, hey, like you have a blister, you need to keep going. Or, mm -hmm. hey, your foot is purple, you should stop. Like whatever it is. Yeah. Or you're going to cry, or you're going to cheer, or you're going to like, that is the just feel bad about if you're feeling bad or having a really rough season or you feel alone go do a race that's mm -hmm. just that's i always give that advice go do a race and go serve yeah because i i'm a very firm believer that every runner needs to be on both sides of that start line mm -hmm. like if you're only starting and and running which is an amazing that's amazing but if you're never volunteering and giving back and seeing what it feels like to be able to give someone soup when they might be on the verge of hypothermia like mm. you you can't truly cherish what our sport means yeah 
Yeah, and to like round that back to the how we really started this podcast, I think by yeah doing difficult things like this, just almost always in the end will make you a better person. Because mm-hmm. so many people, I I'm sure they're just they feel like crap and they're just so angry because they don't use that energy, they don't do anything like really difficult. And I, I just had like a solo episode about that very topic. And yeah, going out, go do a as big of a race as you like think you can handle and. Yeah, you'll be a, a different person on the other side, and mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's just so, I don't know, it, it really puts just life, like, reality sets in, you're like, all right, you know, I'm not really doing that bad. But, yeah, <clears throat> you find strength, you're like, okay, wait, I could handle whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, I, I just feel like if you're open to it, the mountains can teach you something every single time you're out there but you Mm -hmm. just have to be willing and maybe that means you're meeting a friend that day or maybe that means you're gonna cry about a boy like i did when i was 15 i don't know but or you're gonna be like lewis and i and just keep getting ourselves in stupid situations yeah when it's like also be like me and 30 and cry about a boy yeah Yeah. so it's yeah what's uh what's the longest race you've done the Grand Traverse. Okay. I, that was fun. Um, <laughs> it was my first mm-hmm. um, ultra. So again, just leading up to that, I trained very unsmart. I, my nutrition mm-hmm. was not where it needed to be. Um, I, I physically never should have started that race. I was not mm-hmm. ready. Nope. Looking back now at what I know, mm-hmm. um, but I did it. I learned from it. I had a great time, um, but I did not enjoy it the way that I should have. Mm. Um, I just didn't, I didn't know how to respect the sport at that time. So now um, my favorite ultra that I've done is Black Canyons. Black Canyons. Where's that one at? It's, it's in Arizona. It's an Era Viper race. Um, I've done this 60K twice. Okay. And I just, I love that race. I love the vibe. Um, I really love, it's in February, so it's nice to get away from Colorado. to go Oh, yeah. Arizo- Arizona <laughs> in like the coldest months is like yes. the best weather you'll ever So you see. train through blizzards and snow <laughs> and you hate yourself, but then you get to go enjoy a super sunny hmm. race. Um, so the training is not my favorite because, again, I don't really enjoy running in the snow but that's part yeah. of it i mean mm-hmm. you can't avoid it so i i've been running even like more than expected this winter and sometimes yeah i'll, I'll quick i'll get to a point a few miles in where i'm like ah, i'm kind of over this but mm-hmm. then i still just keep finding myself and then yeah like i said lewis and i were just we don't know how to control ourselves we're like yeah let's do, do like a six mile run and then next thing you know we do 13 yeah, the Make other better. day we were out there, we are four miles from the car still, and we're like, over this. It's like, we're done with the snow, we're done with the cold. Mm-hmm. And then we get a car stuck in the snow for like an hour. Oh, that was, yeah. <laughs> but that's trail running. Well, like you said, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's an it's adventure. Like... You kind of learn, learn new things that you can survive, and then the next difficult thing doesn't feel as bad. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'll do anything longer than a 60K. Mm-hmm. Not not at this point in my life. Like, I just can't give. Um, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Because trail running, like, 60K road, 60K trail, vastly different amounts of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
a half marathon on the trail for me would be like over three hours on average. And, you know, that'd be a, well, that'd be a pretty slow half marathon time if you're an avid runner. So yeah, it's just a whole different ballpark. It's just different. So, um, maybe one day I'll do something longer. I just don't have, I don't have that ambition right now. Mm -hmm. I want to be there. Those are my favorite races to work. Mm -hmm. um, or to volunteer for another company if it's the longer the better because again it's just that human connection you're not going to get like deer to 5k which i completely respect 5ks yeah but it's just different um but i'm training right now for um a 50k in may okay so we'll, nice we'll how's see. that going Oh, I'm only a week into it. It's going okay. great. <laughs> I did, like awesome. I was telling you guys earlier, I did the Orange Theory class and then a 60-minute run, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, my. I think that's something a lot of runners, like, undervalues that resistance training, strength training. I feel like that's, like, just very necessary, especially if you're an ultra runner, you know, maintaining that, like, bone density and trying to avoid getting hurt. It's a game changer. It's the same with, like, stretching and warming up and even mm -hmm. doing a cool down i'm like starting to I, I, just in this last year my body has turned into that i don't know state where it's like all right you really should start warming up bud how old are you stretching i'm only 27 turned 28 okay. in a few well, months i'm 34 so but... i need to stretch i need to warm up i need to do a cool down yeah i also did a whole ultra season in minimalist shoes at weighing 200 pounds that probably wasn't the smartest idea but we're changing that for this year i'm not i'm not uh we all chasing just down the hundred good water exercise classes at the <laughs> woodland aquatic center in woodland park city above the clouds come and join right. me any day of the week monday to friday in the morning Lewis for an awesome workout you choose your difficulty Listen, we should we I'm could, we could do that. cut that out. That needs oh, no, to that's disappear. Staying. Yeah, it's one hundred percent staying. Do that before like Aravipa, like before a group run one day. Like, no. okay, we're gonna go do some exercises because you guys don't strength train, and then we're gonna go run. <laughs> Just kidding. That'd be fun. Be fun. That's we been... really could. I would totally like do it. My boss would be totally down for me. I mean, those things I have to run through the chain for doing three <laughs> things, but we could do a run from up there. Yeah, that would be and cool. we could do like a water a class before, or we could do a class after because it would be nice to like get to cool off and then beer. I am open. I'll take the sweat and the cool. It's the okay. I'll just I am pump open it up. to field trips. Like I get asked mm. that all the time. That's... Will you ever host a group run out of here or on a yeah. day? Or... Yeah, we should talk about that because my. This is this will be my second year in Colorado, and that first year you're just like overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, especially if you're over calculated person like me that's hard to do anything without like very clear-cut plan but this year i'm you know i've got the i've got the vehicle that can get in the mountains i've got the gear i'm more comfortable so i want to do yeah like go do some destination you know training trips you know drive a couple hours camp out maybe do some do some running in new spots so yeah that'd be cool get yeah. some of the the run club yeah we're, joining we're, in. we're talking about it i mean now that we have more than one person on staff in Colorado. It's going to be a lot easier. <laughs> Woohoo, Jason. Uh, he's a new RD. Um, we have Tyler as well. So 
there's just there's gonna be a lot of changes and a lot of growth a lot of excitement mm-hmm. and also um just all these ideas that we've had okay well now we have people in place that we can actually like see some of that through and one of those ideas is having some training runs for our races. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, weeks out before Royal Gorge, having some training runs and then even going to Canyon City so people can get an idea of the start line. This is where we're going to park. Mm. This is going to be the first couple of miles. Maybe we're going to go get some food. Yeah. It's, and we're really open to feedback and what you know, our community wants. I'm guessing for that kind of race, being close to a city like Colorado Springs, I'm guessing a pretty good portion of the signups are probably on the more local side for that one, or is it still pretty spread Um, out? For Royal, it is more local. Um, Ramparty has got a lot of local people. Rainbow Springs is all over the place. Mm -hmm. I mean... If it goes up to 100 miles, then I'm sure it it really brings in more variety. Um, and then we'll, we're at, we added Bobcat in October and that's at Palmer Park. That's historic. That hmm. was historically, um, Mad Moose's race. Okay. So that'll be a big local race, um, that we have. And, um, I'm super excited about that one. We're going to have all local vendors and we'll have Fossil will be there. Um, and we'll have a nonprofit there as well. Um, so it's just, again, lots of really great, exciting things are coming mm-hmm. for this season. Speaking awesome. of fossil, <laughs> um, another thing you guys do for Aravipa is a group run, correct? And it's hosted at the Fossil Brewery. <laughs> I just, so I any, just... Anybody in the Colorado Springs area, Monday nights, yeah, 5.30. So Monday nights, uh, the run takes off at 5.30. Really 534 because all of you guys show up at 530, but that's that's okay. But check-in is actually starts at four o'clock. So mm-hmm. and I do have runners that will show up at 415, 420, and they come knock on the warehouse door and I'm like, all right, I'll get you get hmm. you signed signed in. And not everybody wants to run in a big group. Yeah. And I totally understand that. Um in the spring and summer and early fall, we do Aravipa kids. And I take them mm. on a hike. And so, again, we start that at 4, 4.15 so that when we come back, the oh. parents have time to just have a little break. And then one of them will go run with the group. So mm. we try to make it as friendly, um, like family friendly as possible. But mm-hmm. Red Rocks is not stroller friendly. Yeah. So, yeah. So two, four, or six miles. That's the pre-planned uh, route. But... Once you come a few times, mm-hmm. and I know that you're confident out there, you can go run whatever distance that you want to run. Mm-hmm. But don't make it 20 miles because I do stay until all of the runners are back so that I know everybody is safe. So Yeah, going, going above and beyond for us. We appreciate it. <laughs> and shout out to Fossil but... <laughs> because they've allowed us there for... Over two years. Wow. Every single Monday, even on Christmas, if I wanted it, because mm-hmm. they were open, they they said that we could come. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I definitely recommend it for any runners in the Springs area. That's where I've met a lot of people going from somewhere where I was like the only really person I knew doing crazy stuff. And then, yeah, I get I show up and the first day I'm like, 
well, I'm just casually having a conversation about ultra marathons and the person's not staring at me like I'm an alien. <laughs> so no, they, that was, they that was love nice. it. You meet a lot of friends there. Um, people or I have... met both of you. That's right. Yes. I <laughs> met both of you. <laughs> I could not remember for a second. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know where that was. Uh, people have fallen in love. So that's cool. I was like, I want to be invited to the wedding, please. I, you know, um, but I, I just really like that. It's community, you know, mm -hmm. and then we are all training together. And then you meet people that you're going to run with on the weekends, or you mm -hmm. meet people that are training for the same race. Like, Hey, what's working well for you? Oh, what is it? You know, let's go on trips. Let's go to Arizona and do some races or let's run Revenant, whatever it is. It's mm -hmm. just, it's community. And that is the whole point of group run. Yeah. That is my motivation for that. Yeah, it's going to be valuable for me this year. And I'll probably segue this into my next question since this will be my, I'm, I'm hunting down my first hundred miler this year. And to me, a 50 miler certainly want to train for it, but it's something you can kind of just mental tough your way through, you know, if you've done a, enough training, but I'm sure a hundred milers going to be, you know, much really got to think about the logistics and whatnot. So even though you haven't done a hundred yourself, you've, been there on the course observing tons and tons of people doing it so i'm curious what your biggest tips suggestions or like what are the biggest things say for me to consider going into my first hundred that will really kind of set it apart from any race beneath that up to now i've done up to 50 miles um so a few tips you definitely need to have like the course downloaded on your phone or have mm -hmm. a way to pull it up. Um, study before you need to know where those aid stations are. You need to prepare yourself. You're going to be out, you know, in the desert or in the mountains. You're not going to have cell phone servers pot potentially. So I think just being aware of what is coming mm -hmm. is going to set you up for success. Um, I think having um, someone go with you is I've just seen it more often than often than not when people go to races by themselves they don't succeed mm -hmm. the percentage of people um, that show up at that distance DNF a lot higher than with people that have pacers or have crew or have someone that knows them and know, they can talk them through hey you're struggling right now but you're gonna make it or did you eat are you mm -hmm. you because you're running a hundred miles, you know, hour 20, 21, you, you might not even mentally be aware of when did I eat last? Am I eating mm -hmm. enough? Am I drinking? You know, so I think that having someone with you makes a huge difference. And then I think really um, being prepared for whatever could go wrong is gonna go wrong and I need mm -hmm. to be ready it doesn't matter if the weatherman said there's not gonna be any rain bring something for rain mm -hmm. just do it do yep. it anyways bring all the extra food you have drop bags it's not like you're gonna be carrying that all at one time mm -hmm. um, so I think I think that that makes a lot like just a big difference in that distance um, outside of all the training that you're gonna be putting into it um, and also just remember it's just running, like it's yeah. just running, go out there and have fun. 
-hmm. and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. So have a really good attitude. Like whatever is going to happen is, it doesn't matter how much you think that you can control it. Something's going to happen that you did not anticipate. And it's your attitude and that moment that's going to make the difference and is mm -hmm. really going to make or break your next action. So just remember to have fun and it's, it's just running and you can always do it again. It's okay if it doesn't go perfect or exactly the way you want it or you don't get the time you want. Mm -hmm. Okay, take a little break, recover, and then go sign up for another one. Yeah, I, I feel like my kind of along the lines of that, that's my biggest strength for these kind of races is that I've gotten really good at just getting in that mindset that once it starts, I just accepted that like, that's my fate for the next however many hours, like no matter how good or bad it's going, I'd like my mind just stays on the, you know, unless, unless I am injured and need to be like removed from the course, my, my brain's just like, all right, well, we're going to finish no matter what. I feel like that's definitely my, my strength going into these races. I've really kind of mastered that. Just go out, just be there in the moment and I can just block out the rest, you know, the rest of the world. I mean, if you think about it, you're training for nine, six, four months, right? Like mm -hmm. every day you have that discipline to show up and do it and eat and make all the sacrifices, the money, the time, and all of that effort comes down to one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and One day that everything has to go perfect is so unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And if people could just take responsibility for their own actions and their own attitude during that race and what they brought, you know, coming up to the start line, they wouldn't be so mad at mm -hmm. whether it goes right or not, or this aid station didn't have watermelon when I wanted it, but it was five miles down, you know, yeah. the road. like, I'm it usually just, just grateful to see an aid station. <laughs> me too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am too. And of course we want it to be everything that everybody wants, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's probably not going to be perfect that one day that you need it to be, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that that a lot of people get stuck on that, that when things don't go the way that they think it should, or the way that they anticipated, then it's, this has gone terrible. I'm never going to do this race again, or I'm never going to run th with this race company again, or I'm, you know, whatever it is. But, the, but again, it's just recover and then do it, do something mm -hmm. else. Just try again. And I think that is part of the beauty of ultra running is mm -hmm. that you have infinite amount of chances and opportunities mm -hmm. and your skills and your, I guess your maturity and knowledge and the sport is all up to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, if you don't get it right, or I don't know if you fall and you break an arm, <laughs> that's dramatic, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. okay, it's going to be okay. Like, let's take what we learn from that and then bring it to the next one. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of just different days. I know like my last guest, Malcolm, he's had DNFs, he's won races, you know, the whole spectrum. So that's just, that's just part of the game. I mean, my, my first 50 miler, I got COVID a week out while trailing or tra traveling. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. COVID. Yeah. So like two weeks out, I only ran four miles that whole week uh, just because 
I guess, being a little undisciplined while traveling for work. And then on the way back, uh, the weekend before, I'm like in bed for three days, sick with COVID. Mm -hmm. And then still, I mean, not testing positive, but sick as a dog going into the race. On top of going to a concert the night before, four hours away. Um, he made no <laughs> smart life choices with this race, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. None. None. Uh, yeah, so I literally it was just like trying to get sleep in the back of my mom's car from Denver to Crested Butte as they drove me to the start line that day. And then literally the first 30 miles every five minutes, I was like hacking up a lung. Everybody going by is like, you okay? I'm like, hell, I'll be all right. It was just miserable. And then my legs were completely shot because they like hardly moved for the two weeks going into that. And yeah, finished with 40 minutes to spare. So there you go. That was hey, good. But finish is a finish. Yeah. And then and then the next race I did uh, Canyonlands Moab. So easier course and was still kind of sick to varying degrees a whole month leading into that. But shaved like over two hours, I think, off of that time. So, yeah, it's. For me, my mentality mostly is just don't DNF and then I'll be I'll be happy, but yeah. I think even with getting a DNF, like that's just a part of our sport. Mm-hmm. The longer that you're in it, the more likely you're gonna get one. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're Jim Wamsley, he's had it, right? Or if you're me or you or it just mm-hmm. that's a part of it, right? And I think sometimes People think it's such a failure or like you're in, you can find embarrassment or, you know, you don't want to talk about it and stuff, but everybody is going to get one at some point. Mm -hmm. And I know, um, a ton of runners that I have huge, like massive amount of respect for. And I've been there when they got it, Mm -hmm. a DNF and they're like, today's not my day. I'm going to be, I'm going to be back out there tomorrow. Yeah. Going from a DNF to then succeeding in the next race almost I think deserves more respect even than if you just have a perfect track record being able to pick yourself up and mm-hmm. yeah get back at it yeah so on that kind of like note of I don't know mentality and stuff I think you're the first parent that does like you know ultras and stuff that I've talked to or had on the podcast so I'm always curious if you have any I don't know tips or maybe motivations for parents out there they're like oh you know i'd like to do that but you know is it gonna be hard i'm sure it's hard to manage regardless sure but you know is it worth it any any tips what's your experience been Um, like hmm. well i mean i'm not gonna do a hundred mile right now Mm -hmm. because i have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old um and i just know that this is not the season for me to do that Mm -hmm. but am i still running yes am i still doing like 60k distances. Yes. Um, I think when I was pregnant with Silas, that was something that I was very intentional about preparing myself for was, okay, life it might not look the same, but I don't have to give up all of my hobbies that I love. Like mm-hmm. I love rock climbing. Um, Silas's dad is a avid rock climber. So can I just go on you know, a massive backpacking trip for a week and sleep out of my hammock like I did before Mm -hmm. I got pregnant? No. But can I go on 24 to 48 hour backpacking trip with Silas and teach him to climb? Mm -hmm. And he sleeps in a hammock and he learns how to, you know, cook 
out there and be out there in nature? Yes. So that has just been the same mentality for running. Um, I do sacrifice a lot, um, but I think everybody does, whether you have kids mm -hmm. or not. So like my schedule, you know, when am I going to run? Um, I do like my kids to be with me pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like breaks from them. I don't want to go out and not be with them. Um, that is part of why I work for Aravipa because it's flexible and also doing real estate. I can be a stay at home mom with them. Um, until this year I pushed them in a stroller and now they're mm -hmm. too heavy and I can't do it because <laughs> it's, I don't know, like 180 pounds. <laughs> um, but I've raced with them. I mean, they were a part of that with me mm -hmm. and it's that we talk to them very, very um, candid about, hey, mom is training for a race. So Saturday morning, I'm going to go, I have to go run for three or four hours. And they are a part of that process with me. Mm -hmm. When I'm cooking, there are certain things I eat that they don't eat. It's because I need extra protein. They're at the start finish um, of the majority of the races. And when I succeed, they succeed. Like we're all in it together, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I can't take you to the water park on Saturday because I have to run. Mm -hmm. But when I'm done, let's go do something that you want to do. And I, I just feel like they see me working really hard and that teaches them to do that. So I think my only tip for parents, um, take it or leave it, <laughs> I guess, is if you involve your kids, it will be more enjoyable. And when you bring home you know, that award or whatever it is that you got, it's extremely uh, validating that you did a really good job. Your kids were involved with it. And I let my kids put our medal or my medal um, on the medal rack. Mm -hmm. Like they're celebrating me, right? Um, and so I think just involving them as much as you can will make all the difference. And then when you go out to run and you listen to your music or you're with your friends or whatever, you don't have, I don't feel guilty. I don't feel mm -hmm. like, oh man, I wish I was at home with my kids playing a board game. Yeah. Like, no, we talked about this. Mama's going to go do that. And when I come back, we're going to make a protein smoothie together. We're all going to share it. And then we're going to go play that board game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 No, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm still young. It's probably a while till I have kids, but I know I want to have them one day. And yeah, it's definitely like a pattern I've seen. I think it's, it's worth, you know, people might get into their heads. They need to spend, you know, like 100% focus on their kids. And, you know, maybe if you're like the type of parent that just being a parent, you know, like is your identity. If you're the stay at home mom, that that's like your sole purpose. You're happy with that. Great. Um, but if you're the type of person that has, you know, kind of your own things that maybe you don't want to give up, I feel like it's, you still should pursue those. And then like you were saying, it's, uh, like if that is something you're interested in, I think that's doing a service to your kid, leading by example, going and accomplishing things and then having them involved as much as possible. That's going to open their eyes to all the possibilities for themselves and, you know, if that, especially like, hey, mom did that, then, hey, one day I could do it too. Well, it's it's that and it's also teaching them about the trails and mm, yeah. to find peace 
out on the trails and to have trail etiquette and to respect everyone that's out there and to respect the animals like it's 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 everything it's all there's so many lessons um that go into trail running outside of just you training right like mm-hmm. if especially if you are a parent and you're open to teaching your kids th- that way uh, you can teach your kids values you know a hundred different ways but for me it's really on the trails. That's where they talk to me the most. That's where I think hmm. I probably talk to them the most. There's no electronics out there. Yeah, that's true. In today's um, world, that's yeah, that's huge. It's just, you know, and Silas, um, well, both boys run. Malachi, he's four, and his longest run um, is five miles at Garden of the Gods. Hmm. I mean, they just, they love it. Like, let's just go mm-hmm. spend all day out on the trail and my undivided time is the that's the best gift that i can give them at this age and that they crave that from me every single day Mm -hmm. well i need time on my feet whether i'm running or not i'm not going to be running all 37 miles right Mm -hmm. like i need to just i need to walk a little bit i need to hike so kids let's go do this um but silas he did he's done land sharks um which is a it's a program for kids. It's kind of like cross country, mm. but it's not at the school. They run, um, they do a couple of races, typically at Bear Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's done that a couple times. He did um, Dreama Walton's and Joe Gray's uh, kids camp last year, kids mm. trail camp. Highly recommend that. He will definitely be doing that again this year. Um, Is that like a, they go spend a weekend or something? Camping training or it's three days and um, they have four coaches and they teach them all. I mean, everything you could imagine um, from nutrition, they stretch Mm. with them. We course marked, um, we put on a little aid station. They do some intervals. They talk to them about their nutrition, their, uh, their gear. I mean, Silas got a pair of hokas. I never even had hokas before. (laughs) So that was cool. Um, and just about respecting their bodies and, you know, their effort and hard work. It just, it it was really incredible last year and it was two days and this year it'll be three days. Hmm. And so he, that is something, again, I can teach him things, but it's community. You Hmm. need a village, I feel like, to raise children. And so why not partner up? with people in the running community that could lead my son in a in a different way where maybe I can't teach them something but mm-hmm. they can so yes it's running but it's also just life and it goes back to I'm including him on something that I love and now he is starting to love it and he will be the next generation mm-hmm. you know to to be racing and that, providing yeah. him that access kind of gives him like the thing to like find it individually like go and explore mm-hmm. what this is separately from like what you've been able to teach him and like show him from your passions you know right. he gets to mm-hmm. develop his own relationship with with the sport what it means and things and hearing from other people other influences and their aspects and how that might form how mm-hmm. he feels towards that sport mm-hmm. i think we, we wouldn't be able to have that if we didn't have a strong community 
Mm-hmm. And that that is why I ultimately that's why I work for Aravipa, right? I mean, there's what five race companies in Colorado Springs alone. Um, I respect them all, but Aravipa gives me the opportunity to help in my own way create a healthy community that's not just for me; it's for everyone mm-hmm. in this generation, but then in the next generation where where my kids are. And Aravipa has the resources um, to be able to help, like, put on a kid's camp or to put on, you know, we'll do kids' runs where it's half a mile or a mile. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to be able to do that and then educate and have trail cleanups and just different giving back to the community, it really is just all full, full circle with a side of running. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing getting to know kind of that community out here. And I suppose on that heartwarming point, we could wrap it up. Um, so I'll give you a, a moment here. Uh, like definitely plug our Vipa, what races y'all got going, coming up, uh, slash, you know, website, Instagram. Uh, yeah. Lay it out for, what you guys have going on right out okay um so our season starts um with royal gorge which is april 20th weekend so we'll mm-hmm. have all of the running races on saturday and then we'll have the bike races on sunday um that is in canyon city and then we'll have ramp party mother's day weekend another that's a huge local favorite i highly suggest that one um I mean, who doesn't want to have a party, right? It's just, it's a fun race. It's a fun vibe and the atmosphere is, that one's just really, really amazing. And the start finish is at the Buffalo Bicycle Lodge. Mm. So we we highly recommend um, going there. And then we've just, we've got Ring the Springs. That's our premier race. That's our 100 mile. We've made some changes to it. I think it's definitely worth checking out. Even if you live here in the city, being able to connect all the trails, mm-hmm. um, half, you know, summer, you go up to Mount Rosa, you're in Bear Creek, but then you're all the way over at Palmer Park. That's just not something that yeah, we typically do, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I mean, we've got Silverton and Kendall and it's it's going to be, we have 10 races total. Uh, we have a race on my birthday on July 19th. 719 um that is a part of the bear chase series so Mm. that'll be a really good one to check out um and for all these races there's multiple distances typically right what 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 are some of the like you know because i don't want to scare anybody that's maybe thinking about getting trail run like you don't just have to do the 100 mile at ring the springs or like just the 50k at royal gorge you know there's there's levels you can build up um you could definitely build up. I mean, I think, again, we have the kids anywhere from a kid's <laughs> mile race, mm-hmm. um, which you could definitely run with your child if you want to, all the way up to a 50K, a 50 mile to the 100. Mm-hmm. So you have that 20K, um, you might have 22K, 30K, half mm-hmm. marathon. I mean, you name it, we have it. We want people of all stages of running to come out. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't... I, I re- my biggest pet peeve is when someone says, oh, I'm just 
doing a 10K or I'm just doing mm-hmm. 18 miles. No, you're not just doing anything. You're just as valid as every, everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we should take that verbiage out because you still paid to be here, you still trained, and you still showed up. So mm-hmm. any distance is great. And that's, we have pretty much every distance you can think of at all of our races. Awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to be sure to make that point for all those people that might be on the fence. Definitely sure. tons of good options. Ram party is a blast. I've ran it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so what's uh, the the website? Where, where would you suggest people to go look up um, our Viper races? Well, if you're wanting to just look at Era Viper Colorado, then you can just type that in. Like, okay. Just type in... Um, A-R-A-V-A-I-P-A. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> just awesome. type in um, Aravipa Colorado. But the website itself is aravipa-running.com. It is Ari- uh, Arizona-based. And even if, like, the Colorado races don't work for your schedule or whatever it is, um, we have year-round races in Arizona. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Aravipa is pretty known for like Javelina or Cocodona 250, Black Canyon, like some of those bigger ones. But we have races almost every single weekend, and it's the same. Mm. All distances, we do trail, we do road. Uh, we always need volunteers. I need volunteers for Colorado season. I, you feel free to like bug the crap out of me because I have every intent of helping. I just, yeah. Listen, you say keep that it on my now, radar. but when it's about to be race weekend... I have no shame in being like, friends, listen, Mm -hmm. I need help. Please help me. I'm begging you. And no, you don't get free stuff, but you do get your, you do get your credits. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you get credits for every um, hour that you're out there. (laughs) But yeah, no shame in begging all my friends to help me out because I Mm -hmm. can't, we can't do it on our own. And it's, it's a community effort for some of that stuff. So. Awesome. Awesome. And then I suppose at the end, feel free to plug yourself. You are a real estate agent in the Springs area. And I'm always following along your stories. Looks like you have lots of fun with that. So I, I love real estate. I being an agent is really hard, but it's the good hard. It's you work really hard, um, for your clients and to see them at the closing table get a house that maybe they thought they couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're a single parent, maybe they're military and they, you know, they were deployed and then they're coming back. It's just, it's an incredible experience. Um, I take a lot of pride in my, in my job and I love my brokerage. I work at 6035 real estate group. They're amazing. And I'm on a team called the group. And, um, it's just been, it's been a huge learning experience. And for me, it, it, it really, I'm just really driven by community. I get to help people in a different way. I tell my clients that I work at Aravipa, like let's train together. Let's run together. You just moved here. You don't know the trails. You don't know anyone come. I will, I will help you. I'll make sure you get friends. I'll tell you where to go hike. Awesome. So yeah, if you're looking to buy a place in the Colorado Springs area, uh, look up Brittany Logan at 6035. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Lewis, for uh, the little co-hosting there. I'm sure you'll be a, become a common voice on here. So everybody get ready for that.
That wraps it up for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as I did. Brittany really is a very active member of the local running community, and it's been great getting to know her. If you have been enjoying the podcast and would like to support it while also supporting yourself, check out the link in the description. I have two affiliate links you can check out. The first is Cage Supplements. This is a high-quality brand that is naturally flavored, which I've been using for years now, ever since I was in college. And a new brand that I stumbled across called Kettle Mountain, and they make adventure clothing. I recently ordered several of their different kinds of pants, and I can say with confidence they're extremely high-quality and comfortable, also look quite good despite being designed for the outdoors. But the thing that really drew me to this brand is they have a lifetime repair guarantee, so if you are like me and you're reluctant to spend a lot of money on clothes, this is a great option as they are high quality and worth the money alone, but you also can be assured that if you are on an adventure and tear them, you can get them repaired at no cost. So if either of those sound appealing, please check out the link below, and as always, if you want, reach out with any questions, happy to help. Again, this would be a great way to not only support the podcast, but support yourself in the process. And if you want to continue following along with my running adventures, check me out at The Endurance Beast on Instagram. I appreciate your time listening today, and as always, I look forward to sharing the next episode.